how we're going to deal with our family, what chores you're going to do before you leave the house. You're going to leave early if you're going to be late. Those are some, and I know there's lots of others that we make before you even leave your house in the morning. You have made that many choices on what you're going to do. Okay, here's one that I didn't think of till now. What kind of day are you going to have? Did you know you choose? You choose what kind of day you're going to have. And you say, well, you don't know what's going to happen once you leave the house. No, you don't. Anything could happen. But you could choose in the morning time that it's a good day. God's blessed you with another day. And you're going to make the best out of it. And in doing so, how about being happy that you're alive? That you got out of bed. That you got to make those choices. That you've got a job to go to. You know, we can choose to be happy even in the midst of trouble because we've got that peace of God. Or we can choose, and I'm talking Christians, we can choose to sit around in the mully grubs and look at everything negative and never be happy. Your choice. I choose to look at the best in people. And I say sometimes you have to look a little harder to find it in some. But I choose to be optimistic and not negative. God saved my soul. He saved me from a burning hell. That right there is enough to be happy about. Amen. That right there is enough to be thankful about. But we have to choose our attitude. You choose. Brother Edward, I choose if I come in here expecting or not. Amen. I choose when I get out of bed that God's going to bless me. I believe that with all my heart. He blesses me every day. Or you can get out of bed and say, well, another day. wonder what's going to happen now. Attitude. You choose it. We make choices all the time. Think about all the choices you make in one day. And you do them without even thinking about it. Now, there are some that we really consider. You know, where to work. Whether to rent and buy a house. What kind of car we're going to buy. To date and marry, have kids or not. You think about those choices. But what about this choice? Do we sit down and think about how we want to live our life? See, I was raised in an alcoholic family. Every step that I had was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. And I, when I grew up, did not want alcohol in my home around my kids. Now, were there? There were times, yes, when we lived in the world that there was. But I chose that I did not want alcohol in my house. You know, how do we live our life? Do we choose to be a good person, honest and fair, compassionate, kind and caring? Or are we, and I say an evil person, and you say, oh, I'm not evil. Are you dishonest? This one will hit home. Are you selfish? Is it all about me, 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 me? That's not a very caring person if it is. Are you cruel to other people? Are you self-centered? Goes back to me, 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 me. Are you harsh with people? Do you cheat? Do you lie? 
So just a little white lie every now and then. I'm going to tell you something. To God, a lie is a lie is a lie. It doesn't matter if it's a white lie, green lie, purple lie, or black lie. A lie is a lie to God. So we make all kinds of choices each day about our lives and, well, what we're going to do that day. But what about our future? See, when we get a job, we say, yeah, I want to sign up for a 401k so I'll have a retirement when I retire. We think about our future. I don't know about y'all, but before I married Larry, and I've told him this, and I've probably said it here before, I made a list. All his good things and all his bad things. Because I've been married before. And I wanted to make sure that some of the bad things didn't outweigh the good things. Well, he must have won out because we've been together for 30 years. But you make choices. You make choices. Some of our choices, I mean, for that job, the mate, the kids, those affect our future. But it all deals with our physical life. So what choices do we make about our spiritual life? What decisions do we make about our soul? And I left scripture at home, so you can post it later on your Facebook page. I left it laying on the table at the house. You can post it. But what choices do we make about salvation? What choices do we make every day that affect where we're going to spend eternity? Because you do. Just like you make choices for your physical body, you make choices for your spiritual body. It's like I said earlier, you choose. We decide our own selves. And when we get to heaven, we're not going to be able to stand in front of God and blame somebody else or something else for the choices that we have made and not make it in. God does things for us all the time. He blesses us all the time. And not just for the Christians. It says it rains on the just and the unjust and that the wheat grows with the tares. But, you know, good things are going to happen to sinners. It's part of life. But God created us. He made the earth, he made the trees and the flowers, the animals. He gave us our very breath from his nostrils. And in return, he'd like for us to accept him and live for him. But he's not going to make you. He's not going to make you love him. He's not going to make you serve him. He's not going to make you live for him. He gave us free will, and he wants us to choose him and not something else. Now, turn over to Joshua. Joshua 24, and I'm, we're going to start in verse 12, and it talks about, and thus saith the Lord. But Joshua's telling all the people about what God had done for them in the past and where he brought them from. Think about your life before you got saved and what it was like. And think about what your life is like now. And I'm sure it's a whole lot better now than it was when you were out in the world. But turn to Joshua 24. I'm going to start in verse 12 and read through verse 15. 
And like I said, this is the Lord talking through Joshua to the people. And when you get there, if you can, stand for the reading of the word. It says, And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye did not build. And ye dwell in them, of the vineyards and oil yards which ye planted not, do ye eat. Now therefore, fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm going to read <clears throat> verse 16. It says, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And you can be seated. So God's telling them, you're living in a land that you didn't even fight for. And if you read that whole chapter, it talks about that. All the things that God had brought them through. All the battles that God had fought for them. So they're living in a land they hadn't even fought for. He'd given it to them by fighting a battle for them. Well, I don't know about you, but God has fought battles for me. And I'm so thankful. So thankful. They were reaping a harvest that somebody else had planted. It's going to be nice to Cindy and her husband, Don, if you've seen Facebook, they have a beautiful garden. And I know they put a lot of work into it. It'd be real nice if I could just go over there after they planted it and just pick what I want and not have to do anything with it. But that's, they probably would let me, but I wouldn't do that. But you know, these people, they were harvesting crops and food and blessings that they didn't even fight for, you know. And verse 14 says, uh, now therefore fear the Lord. He's saying, now respect me and serve me with sincerity and truth, faithfully, with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. See, when you get saved, it's not just something you confess or profess. It's something that should be all the way through you that you're living, that is flourishing through you, just like the blood that flows through your body. Your salvation should flow through your body. Your salvation should be the most important thing to you. I mean, it should be everything you have and everything you've got. You should serve God 100% of you. Because it says you love God. And he wants all of you. But it's your choice. It's your choice. You can claim to be a Christian, halfway live for him. You might make it to heaven, but don't count on it. You claim to be a Christian and live like you want out in the world. And you won't make it to heaven. Claim to be a Christian, put 50, 60, 75% into it. That's claiming in God. But if you want to know that you know that you know, you've got 100% into living for the Lord. 
And then there won't be any doubt whatsoever. No, God proves himself to us every day. We may not see him physically, but we wake up every morning. He's blessed us with another day. And he blesses us in so many ways. Turn over to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 17. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17. It says, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred, which eat at, the Je at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together to Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long? Halt ye between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And then Elijah said unto the people, I even, I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. We have to choose who we're going to live for. Elijah was just one prophet of God. And he went up against 450 prophets of Baal. Think about it. Sometimes we may be the only Christian in the bunch. Are we going to stand up for God? We may have to choose. We may be put in a position to choose to stand strong for God no matter what the situation know if they mentioned that school shooting but I remember years ago another school shooting where the boy asked the little girl if she was a Christian she said yes knowing that it was going to cost on her life and she was a teenager a teenager to have that much faith as a teenager wonder what we would do you know and of course we're so quick to say, oh, I, I wouldn't denounce Christ. Well, it might be a little bit harder when you've got a rifle or a shotgun pointing to your head knowing that if you say yes, you're a Christian, you're going to die. And yet she did. What would we do in that situation? Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't make it to heaven, you think choosing to live for God now is hard? You ain't seen nothing yet. Because when the rapture takes place and they're wanting you to decide you're going to live for God or denounce him, you haven't seen torture. And a lot of times, even if you denounce him, you'll be beheaded anyway. You think that's going to get you to live. 
and we're looking at the physical aspect of it. See, if we die as a Christian, well, if you die as a Christian or you die as a sinner, you're going to live eternally. Doesn't matter which one you are, you are going to live eternally. Now, the choice that you make with your life depends on where you spend that eternity. So we all have to make the choice. And as a Christian, we think, well, that ought to be an easy choice. But it's like I was telling somebody the other day, don't assume because we live in the United States that everybody knows about the plan of salvation. That everybody knows that Jesus loves them. That everybody knows that God created them. That everybody knows that God wants to be reunited with them through his son. Because I'm a living example that I did not know. No one told me. And that goes back to choices. Do we choose to spread God's gospel? Do we tell people about the love of Jesus Christ? We all make choices. I know y'all heard me tell the story about a mandatory Christmas program I had to go to. They were drinking. There was probably 15 of us there. I was in church, and I wasn't about to drink just because everybody else was. And so I refused. And there was even another churchgoer there that I knew personally that had caved into peer pressure that was drinking. That really shocked me. I thought she would stand strong. So I was the only one there that wasn't drinking. And that goes back to a while ago. Elijah was the only prophet of God, and he stood up against 450 prophets of Baal. I bet they thought, well, I don't know who he thinks he is. One little old guy. There's 450 of us. We outnumber him by a long shot. He doesn't stand a chance. But they didn't know my God. And they didn't know Elijah's God. God can do anything. And if we'll stand strong, even in the worst of situations, and you have to choose to do that, he'll see you through. He'll be with you. And... We just have to make that decision that no matter what, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and I don't care who knows it. I'm a Christian and I don't care to tell anybody I am. It says if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. I am not ashamed to tell people that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed to tell people that I don't believe in a lot of stuff or do a lot of stuff. Now, the little story back to it, come New Year's Eve, the lady that was there that was in church, she did not drink that. Night. But there was one other person, too, that wasn't drinking. So out of 15, three of us ended up not drinking, standing up for what we believe. What, and you know, what about bullying? Kids are bullied all the time at school now. We were bullied. I was picked on. We didn't call it bullying back when I was in school. You just got picked on because you were not fit in. You didn't fit in. You were poor, making fun of. Got made fun of a lot. Now they call it bullying. Do you stand up for that underdog? 
when you see it happen, do you just look the other way? Or do you choose to help somebody? And you think, well, I can't get involved, I may get hurt. Well, if I'm going to die, I would rather die helping somebody than to stand by and not do anything. And my mouth may get me in trouble with that because it's real hard for me to stand back and watch somebody pick on somebody else. And you think physically, it doesn't have to be. Abuse is not just being hit by somebody. Abuse can be mental, emotional, verbal. There's a lot of verbal abuse that goes on. We have to choose to stand up for what is right. I mean, people stand by and watch other people being hurt and attacked all the time and do nothing because they're scared. Well, God gives us common sense. And you may not walk straight in front of a gun between them, but you can get on the phone and call the cops or you can holler and say, hey, the cops are on their way, something. But it all comes back to choices. Choices that we make as individuals. Turn over to Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy, chapter 30. I'm going to start in verse 14. Chapter 30, verse 14 says, But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayst do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But... If thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life in the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Choose this day. How are you going to live your life? Blessings or cursing? Good or evil? God gives us a choice on how we live our life. Like I said, he's not going to make you live for him. He won't make you be good, and he doesn't make you be bad. It's our choice on what we do and how we live. 
we choose. <coughs> I hate hearing these words. Well, that's just the way I am. Well, if that's just the way you are, and it's not living by scripture, then change. You don't have to stay that way. You choose to stay that way. If you're negative, or if you're happy, if you're grumpy, or you're glad, you choose. You choose. So don't say, well, they hurt my feelings, so I hurt them back. You choose how you live your life. Every day, every moment that you live, you choose how you live your life. You choose how you are. Now, does that mean sometimes we may not lose our temper? We're human. But that don't mean you have to stay mad all the time. Will some days we be depressed over something that's going on? Probably we're human. But that doesn't mean you have to stay there. Does that mean your heart is going to break sometimes? Sure it is. But you don't have to stay there. You choose. You choose to rely on God and let Him help you. You choose. People say, oh, I just want to be closer to God. And you see them out and they're throwing a fit or they're hateful. If they want to be closer to God, get in the Word and change. Be more Christ-like if you want. And with all of us, if you want to be closer to God, be more Christ-like. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting in the Word and reading it. Be more Christ-like. But you choose whether you're going to be or not. See, it's not, it's not a, well, maybe today and maybe not. You choose. You choose to live for God or you choose to live for the world, which is Satan. But these scriptures tell us, tell us the consequences of our choices. See, we need to realize that what we do today affects our life tomorrow. And that saying, when I was growing up, well, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Well, that is the biggest lie from Satan. Because if I have people that love me, and we all do, whether you feel like it or think it, you have somebody that cares about you. And if it hurts you, then it hurts them. So when you say, I'm not hurting anybody but myself, you're just lying to yourself and you're believing Satan. Because somebody cares about you. Do you think if your child's heart is breaking or if they're physically in pain that it does not affect you? It does because we love them. So we have to realize that the choices we make affect other people around us. Our choice. Our choice. We decide. But look at the end result of each lifestyle that we live. You know, you have people that say, well, I don't believe in all that. Well, they've made their choice. They've made their choice. Because what they're saying is, I don't want to be part of that. What is that saying? I would rather live for God and find out that there isn't one than to not live for God and find out that there was. And the thing of is, even if there wasn't anything after death, and some people believe that, I can look and see how God blesses me that I don't want to go back into the world living for the world anyway. God blesses me every day, and I'm thankful. 
keep hanging on to that. But see, I know there is more after that. I know that there is an eternity. It's kind of hard to imagine how surprised and disappointed a lot of people are going to be when they take that last breath. The ones that said, I don't believe in that, they'll find out just how real it is. The Bible tells us that every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Doesn't matter whether you believe or not. Doesn't matter whether you live for him or not. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Everybody's standing there in shock, thinking, we're really real. When they stand before the Father, see Jesus face to face. How shocked and surprised they're going to be to find out that God is real. Well, sad thing is they're going to hear the part from me for I never knew you, the workers of iniquity. That's the one thing I don't want to hear. And I don't want to chance it. And I hope you don't either. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to start in verse 19. Is lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's the most important thing to you in this world? Think about it. Now, I ask you that question, what's the first thing that came to your mind? And when you ask yourself that question, what was the first thing that came to mind? Was it material stuff? Or was it spiritual stuff? You know, it said, where your treasure is, there is your heart. So what you love the most, that's going to be your top priority. That's going to be what's more important to you than anything else. And it will take top priority in your life. It's what you're going to spend most of your time doing, you know. Will it be reading God's Word, praying, doing His will, assembling with other Christians at church? Or will it be watching your favorite TV program, working for extra money so you can buy more stuff? I think sometimes we're all guilty of that. We'll be out on the lake on a Sunday morning and we should be in church. What will your choices be? What's most important to you? Spiritual or worldly? And only you can decide, you know. Nobody else can make that decision for you. Because if they could... My kids would all be in church somewhere this morning. And probably Christy is the only one that is. I can't make them go. I can't make them accept salvation. I can't make them live for the Lord. They're going to have to choose for themselves. And you can use any excuse you want to justify the choice that you made. But when you stand before God... 
he's going to be the one that's going to choose if it's a reason or if it's an excuse. And he's going to judge you accordingly. But you have to decide. Proverbs, turn over to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We have to choose if we want to, how we want to live our life. We choose how we live our life every day. We decide. We make that decision. And we may think we're a good old boy or a good old girl, but my Bible tells me works won't get you into heaven. It doesn't matter how good you are and how many good deeds you do. That's not getting you into heaven. You have to choose to repent and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and live for Him. And that's the only way. The Bible tells us you must be born again. And that the only way to the Father is through the Son. God gives you all the information you need. But you have to read it. You have to be able to make an informed decision. Read it for yourself. Don't take what I say. Don't take what the preacher says. Read it for yourself so that you can make an informed decision because if you don't know the Word of God, you've got CDs, you can get it on CDs and tapes and listen to it. That's how I've learned all the songs over the years is just by repetitive hearing it over and over again. So if you listen to the Word of God over and over and over again, God's going to put it in there for you. But you have to choose to do that, to listen to it or to read it. You have to choose to live for Him. You know, if if I said I'm going to jump off a cliff and a cloud's going to catch me, how many of y'all would believe that? Probably not any of you. Because through science at school, we've learned that's not so. Well, research the Word of God. Don't believe me. But the thing of it is, if you don't believe in God or that what people say is true, why do you not believe that? Because you haven't researched it? Because you don't want to? Because you don't want to change the way you live your life? There's lots of reasons why we don't believe in God. And my challenge is, if you don't believe in God, well, I started to say, get in His Word. I'm going to tell you something. I did not believe in God. I wanted to believe in something. But like I said earlier, nobody ever told me about it. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize and think that I was going to die. That I just kind of, in that hospital bed, said, Lord, of God. God, if you're real, like everybody says, 
and I will stand before you like everybody says, then I want to know if you're real or not. So you don't even have to know the Word of God to find out if He's real. All you have to do is go with the earnest heart to Him and ask Him. He'll let you know He's real. And I'm going to tell you, once He's touched you, you'll know that you know that you know that God is real. You may backslide, you may choose not to live for Him, but you will know that He is real. And there won't be any doubt whatsoever. But once you get saved, get in the Word. Research it. That would be my advice to any new Christian on the best thing they could do would be get in the Word. Get you a Bible and start reading the Bible and learn about God. So, saved or sinner, if you believe or if you don't believe, read the Bible and then make an informed decision on yourself on how you want to live your life. Not because of what somebody else said. Not because mama's pushing you to go to church. You know, you can push to go to church, but that don't mean they're saved. There's going to be a lot of people, and I don't remember who said that the other day. There's going to be a lot of people when rapture takes place going to be really surprised that have been in church all their lives just because that's the way it was supposed to be. They never really accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We make choices all the time, every day, hundreds of choices. Make the choice to live for God. And you will be blessed for it. But it's your decision. It's your decision how you live. And you think, well, I do this and nobody knows. God knows. You may hide it from everybody else, but God knows. He sees everything. He knows everything. So choose this day whom you're going to serve, whether it be God or death or Satan. And you say, I'm not serving Satan. If you're not serving God, guess who you're serving? Because there's only two. There's only two. And you think, well, no, I'm just kind of riding against us. No, you're not. You may think you're all the way till later to decide. No, you've already decided. You're either going to live for God or you're going to live for Satan. And if that makes you upset, go to God and pray about it. Ask Him. But it's your choice. You have to decide. And I hope that you decide, get in the Word, learn about God, and live for Him. Larry, that's all I got.